Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. And here on the Howie Silberger Show, we are, we, are, we are happy to be on the air. Uh, we feel privileged to be on the air while this virus is out there killing people. Uh, we feel privileged to be able to impart some information to you, to, you uh, to be able to talk to you, to be able to give you the opportunity to call in and talk to us. And, um, and I invite you to do that. The number to call, one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 I've learned a lot over the last week with this virus. Uh, I've learned that people don't really like their children. Uh, kids are off school. School has been canceled for the uh, majority of North America. And children are at home. And I've learned that parents really don't like having their children at home. Uh, I, I know that's a negative thing. And I, I try to stay away from, um, from, from highlighting negative in, in these cases. But uh, this is really negative And it bothers me a little bit when I see people uh, complaining that they have to spend time with their children. Like what's wrong with you people? Don't you realize in times like this we should all realize and we should all we should all take a look and realize that we are fortunate to be in the positions we're in, whatever position we're in. Whether you're single and sitting alone, whether you have a family that is staying at home with you, we are fortunate to be in these positions. In times like this we realize how fortunate we are. Or at least we should be realizing how fortunate we are. We shouldn't be looking at this as a punishment. We shouldn't be looking at this as a, as a horrific, horrific, horrific uh, event that children have to be at home with their parents. Parents should be happy to have their children. I mean, why do you have children if you don't like them? Uh, I don't understand the people complaining, and I've seen a lot of it over the course of this week, the people complaining that their children are at home. It, it bothers me. And it bothers me because... For, for various reasons. Uh, the first reason it bothers me is because we are ungrateful. The people who are complaining are really, really ungrateful for the privileged position they're in. There are a lot of people out there who hope and pray that they could have children. And you have children, and they're at home with you. We should just be, we should just be happy. Happy that we could be together. Happy that nobody's sick. Happy that, that we're... That, that, that families are together, nobody's sick, and that, uh, and, and that we could continue. There, there are people, thousands and thousands of people, who don't have that privilege. People who have died from the disease. So the little inconvenience of your children being at home should not make you upset, shouldn't drive you crazy. You should be saying, thank God. We should all be saying, thank God. Everybody listening to the show should be saying, thank God. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call. I want to commend the uh, city of Cote Saint Luke, uh, in particular the city of Cote Saint Luke. I want to commend the uh, the government of the province of Quebec, who have uh, who have been extraordinary in their response to this this uh, coronavirus threat, and have uh, have taken the right steps each step of the way. Uh, you know, I don't like Francois Legault for various reasons. Uh, I don't like the xenophobia. I don't like his uh, the laws that he crams through, which makes it harder and harder for me to work and people like me to work. 
But I have to uh, I have to commend him for his uh, for his actions uh, during this virus time during this emergency time. He has been spectacular. He has been absolutely amazing. And the steps he has taken, he's taken baby steps, not to not to panic the population because people get spooked easily. And he has taken baby steps in order to protect us all. And uh, on the same note, uh, I want to I want to th- I want to thank and, and congratulate the people of Cote Saint Luke, the uh, the the councillors and the mayor of Cote Saint Luke. Uh, Cote Saint Luke is in a unique situation. They have a high percentage of golden agers and a high percentage of people who spend their lives in Florida, at least half their lives in Florida. And these people came back from Florida and refused to self-isolate and refused to do anything. And, uh, and, and City Coast Luke cracked down. It was amazing. Uh, you have a lot of religious people living in Cote St. Luke, who, um, religious Jewish people, who decided that having weddings wasn't a problem in the middle of an uh, epidemic, in the middle of a pandemic where, where a virus was spreading quickly. They, uh, they figured that, oh, what, what's the big deal about having 50, 60, 100, 200 people at a wedding? And uh, the city of Cote St. Luke cracked down on that. And uh, I, I commend the city councillors of Cote St. Luke, in particular David Torchman and Orrin Seabag. They have been amazing. And uh, the mayor of Cote St. Luke, uh, Mitchell Brownstein, they have been amazing. They've been on top of everything. And I, I really, really commend them. I don't do that often. I, I don't commend politicians very often. Um, and I really commend them. Uh, now, now, while I'm on the commending, let's go on to the condemning uh, part of the uh, part of the show, because there are th- there are people and uh, and and organizations and and things that have to be condemned. Uh, you know, organizations that decided to jump up and um, to 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 jump up to the occasion and open their doors for weddings. Uh, during this period, after the quarantines had begun, this particular week, there have been uh, four or five weddings. These people, condemnable. People who have uh, who have old age homes who have not quarantined their their residents and who have kept their dining halls open, and who have not installed as hand sanitizers or done anything to help save their population. Condemnable. People who uh, who have who have coronavirus who have been diagnosed with coronavirus, and have decided to go into the public and to shop. Condemnable. People who have uh, hoarded essential supplies like toilet paper, toothpaste, soap, paper towels, Kleenex. Condemnable. Now I know, I know. People are going to start screaming at me. Hey, Howie, what are you talking about? Hoarding? Uh, you know, it's a uh, people are afraid, and that's what that's one of the main reactions. And people are afraid. It's unacceptable. When when you know that there is a shortage of uh, or or a perceived shortage of something, then you have to look out for your fellow citizens. You have to watch out for other people. And by taking the last of everything, and I I've seen it time and time again over the course of the week. I've watched it happen, where people have taken the last of everything. That is not acceptable. Sorry, it's just not acceptable. Uh, my friend Dino uh, sent a message. He says, I think the coronavirus pandemic has transformed Premier Legault into a leader for all. He has risen to the occasion. I am very thankful for the work he has and his, he, he and his team have done. And I have to agree with Dino. Uh, once again, I don't like Premier Legault. He has, uh, he has passed some very, uh, very condemnable laws. And I'm using the word condemnable a lot. I understand that. 
But he has passed some laws that I, uh, I, I don't agree with and I will never agree with. But in this particular case, he has, uh, he has, he has shown. And uh, we have to commend him. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two to get in on the conversation. I'm Howie Silberger. This is the Howie Silberger Show. We're heard live on the True Talk Radio Network. Feel free to download the app by going to your favorite app store and looking for the True Talk Radio Network app. It's there in the app stores, and you can download the app and listen to all the programming here on True Talk Radio. Don't forget to support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Howie's and help support the show. If you like what you see, you like what you hear, help support the show. We could use all the support we could get, especially now, um, especially especially now when, uh, when, when, when less money is coming in. Uh, there's no money coming in from the show, by the way. We, we, we don't do the show for profit. This show, is, uh, this show actually costs us money. Uh, there's no profit involved in the show. So, but you could help defray some of the costs by uh, supporting us on Patreon. So, uh, what what is going on now? Uh, let's take a look at the uh, at the latest. So, the premier gave a press conference this afternoon, and in the press conference, he said that schools and universities will be shut down and will continue to be shut down until the beginning of May. Now, I am willing to wager, and uh, I will wager with anybody that uh, schools and uh, universities and CJEPs will be closed indefinitely. They will be closed uh, at least till, uh, till September, maybe October. Some people are even saying all the way to December. Uh, I don't think that, uh, that you're going to see too many schools opened in May. It's, I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I know I said, on, uh, I, said, I said last show, I mentioned that I thought that we would be put into quarantine, that, uh, that the entire city would be locked down. Um, it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime in the near future. Uh, I, I predicted it was going to happen this week. Uh, the premier made it clear that he does not intend to lock down Montreal, which is good, or the townships, which I think is good. Uh, I, I, I have no problem with the premier not doing that. Uh, I think it's good, but I think that we all have to do our part, and our part means that we have to, um, we have to, we have to relax. We have to stay home. We have to not infect other people. This is our part. This is what we have to do. We could communicate like this through video chats, uh, through the through the live stream. We could we could communicate like this. We don't have to. We we really don't have to um, uh, meet each other, and we really don't have to uh, be in person in order to communicate and in order to talk to each other. So I I really believe, and uh, this is something I believe that uh, we should, and uh, and we shouldn't we shouldn't hesitate to not mingle and to be uh, to stay alone and to uh, to do what we have to do in order to stem the curve in order to uh, stop the spread of this horrible virus I'm Howie Silberger it's the Howie Silberger Show feel free to give me a call 1-877-669-1292 it's 1-877-669-1292 how are you surviving this pandemic uh, are you finding it hard are you, are you finding it easy uh, how are you feeling how, how is things going I want to know. Give me a call. 1-877-669-1292. That's 1-877-669-1292. We'll take a little break. When we come back, the Howie Silberger Show continues right here on the True Talk Radio Network.
God smiled in heaven, but his joy was not complete. The angels were singing, but their song had no wings. The world was freshly painted, yet the sky was feeling blue. Just wasn't right. Then with you came a godly light that made the world complete. You gave the world its heart. You gave the world its soul. Now God. Can call this place his home. For now there was you. For now there was you, my brother, my fellow Jew. So with all my heart and soul, let me honor you. Gentle people with a faith of steel. You teach the world how to live and how to give and how to believe. If I could look into your heart, I would see the face of God. You have weathered all the storms. They've all come and gone. The world, and you were born of ancient days, and you will go on and on. I've seen miracles before, but the greatest of them all is you, my fellow Jew. Count the teardrops that have fallen from your eyes, and who would dare to measure the pain that you have known? Yet here you are, undaunted, with a mission and a dream. You carry on. When hope is gone, all that you live for will come true. And so, when the times are feeling weak, it's you who makes me strong. And when the times I cannot speak, you you become my song. 
listening to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Talk to Howie. Call 1-877-669-1292. And welcome back to the program. My name is Howie Silberger. Number again to call 1-877-669-1292. That's one eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. We're talking about, of course, the uh, the quarantine, the virus, and uh, and uh, what's going on around the world. Uh, you know, look, if you want to get the news, you can watch the news. Um, I, I'm an opinion. I'm an opinion guy. I'm not here to give you the news, uh, and I, I don't pretend to give you the news here on the show. Uh, I give you my opinion, and uh, you can take it for what it's worth. So, so people who have sent me messages saying, well, Howie, you have no idea what you're talking about. Hey, hey, it's my opinion. Um, I might be wrong. It, it happens that uh, sometimes I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. And I'm not afraid to admit that I'm sometimes wrong. And so uh, it's my opinion. So take it for what it's worth. Uh, Adam uh, messaged in one of the, um, one of the uh, live stream boxes. He messaged, just wait. He will quarantine Montreal. He will have no other choice. Well, if the people of Montreal don't want to follow the rules, if the people of Montreal want to go out when they're told not to go out, when the people of Montreal want to mingle and want to have weddings and parties and and do everything the way they were doing it before and not curb the stem of this virus, then, of course, uh, the government will have no choice but to clamp down on the people of Montreal. Look, they've closed um, shopping malls today. And they are going to, uh, they're going to keep clamping down until people get the message that this is serious and that we must follow the rules in order to stop the virus. It's not rocket science. If everyone stayed home for a few weeks... And didn't communicate with each other, well, communicated, but didn't meet with each other and didn't breathe on each other and touch each other and didn't go to the stores and touch everything in the stores and pass on this virus to everybody. If everybody who has the potential of having this virus just stayed home, then we would have a situation where the virus would die off. The spread of the virus would be curved and our civil liberties would be given back to us. I mean, we're not talking. It's not a. It's not a. It's not a. Um, it's not a very hard concept to understand. It's not extremely difficult to understand that people who are not listening are spreading the virus. Stay home, relax, sit back, watch TV, read a book, play with your kids, do something. But don't spread the virus to other people. And if you came back from Florida, self-quarantine. Go home. Stay home. You need stuff? Order it online. Call somebody to go and pick it up for you. Plenty of people out there are, are right now are running around picking up groceries and other stuff for people who are, have quarantined. Don't run around and infect other people. It's simple. I don't understand why people are having such a hard time understanding this. And if you are running a building... We're vulnerable old people in the building. By gosh, follow the rules. We're not talking difficult rules. It's not, it's not overly complicated. You don't need a guidebook to guide you through this. 
Stay away from other people. A distance of two arms lengths from other people. If you were in contact with somebody who's sick, quarantine yourself for 14 days. Wash your hands. Wash your hands thoroughly. Wash your hands properly. 20 seconds. We're not talking, you're not standing for 20 minutes washing your hands. 20 seconds. Spend 20 seconds and wash your hands multiple times over the course of the day. Don't share straws. Don't share drinks. <laughs> We're not talking rocket science. It's quite easy. You just have to be willing to do it. And unfortunately, many Montrealers are not willing to do it. Many people around the world aren't willing to do it. We'll take a look at what happened in Italy. Take a look at what happened, what's happening in England. Take a look at what's happening around the world. It is, a, uh, it is a major problem. And it's a major problem that could be self-regulating, but we're not self-regulating it, so the government has to regulate it. And this is why the government is cracking down on us. So I don't want to hear people complaining that the government has... Uh, stripped away our civil liberties and are trying to take over. This is communism at its best. I actually heard people saying that. I was like, really? Really? This is communism at its best? People are dying after contracting this disease. They're dying. And it's needless deaths. These deaths could be avoided if people who are healthy or people who perceive themselves to be healthy but could be carrying the virus just followed the darn rules. If the people running the old age homes followed the darn rules, these people would still be alive. So don't tell me it's an overreaction. I, 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 I think the overreaction is warranted. one 877 to get in on the conversation. Feel free to call in. one 877 I think the overreaction is warranted. I really do. I, I've been calling it overreaction for weeks already. As they were clamping down on everybody, I kept saying, wow, the government is really overreacting. And then I look at the numbers in uh, Montreal and in Quebec, and I look at the numbers around the world, and I see that the overreaction has actually stemmed the spread of the virus in Quebec. Now, we're not hit half as bad as some of the other places, like New York City, for instance. We're not hit half as bad as, uh, as New York City. And I say thank God for that, and that's strong leadership. That's where it comes from. But it also, comes, it also comes from the fear that the government's instilling in the population. But people who are saying, I, I have the right to do whatever I want. I don't care what anyone has to say about it. Those people should be arrested. Because they're putting other people's lives in danger. I, uh, I, I personally don't feel threatened by the virus. I'm a healthy guy. I think if I get the virus, God forbid, I could survive it. I will survive it. And uh, I'm pretty sure that I'll be okay. But what about the older people? What about people with uh, immune deficiency problems? People with diabetes? People with uh, multiple sclerosis? People with, uh, with all sorts of other immune, immune, virus, immune uh, deficiencies? What about them? Don't we have to think about them too? Do we live in a selfish world? Do we live in a world where we could all just be selfish and think about only about ourselves? I, I'm going to be okay, so I could go out and do whatever I want. I don't care about my neighbor. Is this the world we live in? Because if this is the world we live in, then, this, we, then, then we've done a really bad job in raising children, haven't we? Then something is seriously wrong with the way 
the morality of the world. Now, I know, I know. We've spoken about this before in the show. I know I've said that morality in the world went from, uh, from, from here, from like way up high to, to the gutter. And that's true. That's what happened. Uh, but I, I always thought that somewhere within the gutter morality that we're living in, and uh, we really are living, uh, living on the bottom of the, of the barrel, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel, when it comes to morals, uh, societal morals. Uh, but even scraping the bottom of the barrel, I always thought that people had a little bit of respect for human life. I thought that the disrespect for human life only came from the radical people who wanted to go and blow people up or kill people uh, in, the, in the name of some religion or in the name of, uh, of some ideology. I thought that's where the immorality came in and that's where the world had failed in, in, and religion had failed in educating these people about the sanctity of life. This is this is what I thought. This was this was the um, this is what uh, this is the impression I had until this virus hit, and I realized that there's a lot more people out there who aren't radical crazies who want to go blow up the world, who still just don't care about about human life. They don't care about humanity. They don't care about their neighbors. This is this is uh, very disconcerting for me. It's very sad. And the more I think about it, the more I realize that maybe, maybe the abandonment of morality in the world, the abandonment of the, of, of the world's moral structure that, that existed in previous generations that, that ceased to exist um, recently, like in the last 30, 40 years, maybe that abandonment of, uh, of, of family values, moral values, of, of, of any values, and the hedonistic lifestyle that people lived and continue to live, perhaps, perhaps that has caused this disassociation, this disconnection between people. I, I, I like to blame it on social media. I think social media is partly to blame for this. Um, social media has taught us that, uh, that we can live alone and still be part of a, a society um, or, 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 or something that's perceived as a society. So I think social media has desensitized us to the, to the realities of living in a community, to the realities of, uh, of caring for our neighbors the way we should care for our, for our neighbors. Uh, so I think social media has a lot to do with this. I mean, if you, if you look at social media, people have no problems ripping somebody apart on social media without even a thought as to how that person would react or how that affects the person. Uh, they say things on social media, sometimes the comments on social media between one person and another, uh, and the things they say, they would never say it to your face, but they'll type it to you on social media because it's a disconnect. And I think that disconnect that's created by social media, that disconnect that is, uh, that is created by being able to type anything you want to anybody and saying, what do I care? Uh, I, I think that has... That has caused part of the problem that we're we're experiencing right now with this virus. I think that disconnect is 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 the crux of the problem here. That now we are saying to people, all right, so you could flatten a person on social media, you could kill them, roast them on social media, but at the uh, but at the same time, you must love your neighbors like you love yourself, and we must watch out for our neighbors. Well, why the heck should anybody watch out for their neighbors? when they just finished lambasting them on some chat board on social media, knowing who they are, they lambasted them, insulted them, 
insulted their families and whatever else, why would they care about them as human beings? Why would they care about uh, saving them or protecting them or, or not infecting them? Social media is the crux of a lot of the problems of society today. And a lot of the hedonism of society stems from this disassociation, this disconnection between people thanks to social media. So am I blaming Facebook and Twitter and uh, Snapchat and uh, TikTok for, for all the problems of the world? No, no, no. Because at the same time, that social media has conditioned people to disassociate from each other and to, and, to, and, to, and to kind of have that distant but close relationship. At the exact same time that that's happened, people have also realized that we live in a greater world. That there are many people out there who disagree with us politically or socially, uh, disagree with our lifestyles, whatever. There, there are plenty of people out there in the world. And they live in a real world. So we, we, we live in a world, in a world, a physical world. It's more than the digital world. So when we look up from our cell phones and we, we, we go away from that addiction for just a couple of seconds and we look around, there are still buildings and people and trees and roads and houses. The world still exists in a physical sense rather than a digital sense. And although a lot of people like playing these digital uh, simulation games like The Sims and whatever else, and like pretending to be other people, at the end of the day, we are all ourselves, and we all rely on each other. It's an ecosystem. We all rely on each other to survive. And so this dichotomy between social media and, and reality is what confuses a lot of people. And that's where the... Uh, and that's where the the lack of empathy comes in. So when people go out to shop and they buy all the toilet paper, knowing that they've bought the entire stock of toilet paper at Costco, all 10,000 rolls of it, knowing that there is no reason for them to have 10,000 rolls of toilet paper and it's going to take them 150,000 years to go through all the toilet paper they bought, they still bought the toilet paper. Because... At that point, while realizing there's a world around them, these people are only focused on me, 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 because we live in a selfish world. Sad. It's scary sometimes. I know it scares me sometimes when I see people acting like this. And even before this pandemic, even before all this hoarding and all the and all the crazy screaming at each other that people are doing on social media. Even before this, I've been talking about this for a long time. The other day, uh, one of my friends posted a, um, posted a, a short, uh, yeah, he posted a quote from Donald Trump. And I think Donald Trump, by the way, has been doing an absolutely amazing job in fighting this virus. He started fighting it in January. He was the first world leader to recognize the threat and actually take concrete actions against it. He won't get the credit for it, but he was. If you look at the timeline, uh, he banned China. He ran. He banned uh, travel from China in January, knowing that this virus was there. So he's been very good at the. He's been very good at the response. Even though the media tries to make him out as an idiot, he has not been an idiot when it came to responding to the virus. But we'll move on from that because I mean, you know. You know 
get the trolls who are going to call in and complain or send me emails saying, Howie, what about this? So one of my friends who, who loves to bash Donald Trump, he posted up a quote from Donald Trump, of course, out of context and uh, out of context. And in fact, it was edited. It, was, it wasn't even the quote. And so I pointed out that, um, that this was not the quote because accuracy is important, especially in times like this where, uh, where, where people are trying to make political points on the back of people getting sick from a virus, which is, which is sad. It's sad and pathetic, but it is an election year, and I guess this is what people do. So I, um, I pointed out that the quote was inaccurate. Now, I've pointed out this inaccuracy, uh, many inaccuracies about Donald Trump quotes over the course of a few years already. And, um, and to the same person, of course, because he likes throwing out inaccurate quotes. And, um, and I got attacked immediately. His friends came out in droves and attacked me immediately. And I was like, all right, all right, you want to attack? Go ahead, attack. I mean, I'm... Uh, I have thick skin. I've been doing this a very, very long time. I am, um, it's it's going to take a lot to get under my skin. And so uh, they, they came to attack. Now, when they attack, and they, this is what drives me crazy, and this is what I'm talking about when it comes to social media. Uh, I, I'm only telling the story because it, it exemplifies what I was talking about. So when I have an argument with somebody or I'm in a debate or or whatever, if you're going to attack me, you're going to attack my ideas. You're going to attack the. Uh, you're going to attack my thought process. Maybe you're going to attack my uh, my my philosophy. Uh, that's that's generally what happens in a political debate. Even when we have an argument, uh, it generally doesn't uh, it doesn't degrade into personal fighting. It, you know, we 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 talk about uh, we talk about the uh, we talk about the issues. But in this case here, the person came after me immediately. It was like ah oh, Howie, blah 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 blah, and I was like whoa 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 whoa. Well, why the personal attack? We're having a political debate here. We're having a political discussion, not even debate. You, well, your friend, inaccurately quoted the president, and I just corrected him. I mean, why the attack? But that's what happens. Because this this disconnect about social media, it's it's sad. Sad. Let's go to the phones. one 669 1292 is the number to call. one 669 1292 Let's go to Fanny. Hi, Fanny. Fanny? Oh, Fanny. Fanny hang up. Fanny hung up. All right. So call back, Fanny. Uh, <clears throat> or anybody else, actually. Call back. Call in. 1-877-669-1292. It's 1-877-669-1292. Uh, this just, it just, it just, bo- what bothers me more than the personal attack, because the personal attack doesn't bother me all that much. What bothers me more but the, than the personal attack is the fact that that, that these people feel self-righteous when they do a personal attack. So, so suddenly they justify their personal attack with, uh, well, you support Trump, therefore you're a fascist. You support Trump, therefore you're a racist. You support Trump, therefore you're whatever. Well, well, well one second, one second. Could I not support the President of the United States of America? Could I not say I support the presidency? And that sometimes I think that uh, things that Trump does is um, a little over the top, and sometimes he is a pig. In fact, most of the time he's a pig. But can I not say I support the president of the United States? I mean, not everything he does is piggish. Let's go back to the phones. Hi, Fanny. Welcome to the program. Hey, Howie. How you doing? I am excellent. How are you? Good. You know what? Uh, what do you want to talk about, Howie? Oh, I've been talking, I've been talking about how 
I've been talking about a lot of things, Fanny, a lot of things uh, this last 45 minutes. You know what, Howie? I decided finally to uh, register for IGA and do an online order, right? Yeah. I'm going to be smart. I'm going to be this. First of all, it took me forever to get online to do it. I was in a virtual waiting room for over an hour. And there's no delivery dates. Really? They, they closed up all their delivery dates? I mean, they're all full. Yeah. Huh. So uh, they didn't add any, uh, any drivers or add any extra slots uh, to, to make up for this uh, increase in volume. I have no idea. So I guess uh, I'm going to have to send my son to the supermarket in the next day or two. Yeah, so you imagine it's a pandemic and Passover, and you live in a, in a Jewish kosher area, and there's no delivery times. Amazing. Well, look, it's crazy with the, uh, with the Passover. I mean, there's a lot of stuff I'm just not going to have this year, and that's all there is to it. Well, you, you know, know we've we got to do that sometimes. we just got to cut back on what we're doing and just uh, live with whatever we have. Just be happy. Yeah, exactly. Look, at least, you know, I remember growing up in Cleveland where my rabbi from my synagogue, Rabbi Pickles and Ovacha, he used to, every Shabbat before Passover, his sermon was how growing up in Brooklyn, all they ate were potato and borscht for eight days. And how lucky we are to have Manischewitz. So I'm still better off than potatoes and borscht in Brooklyn in the 20s and 30s. So yeah, uh, Definitely. <laughs> So I guess we're okay, but you know what? Uh, I don't like the way people are behaving, the hoarding, um, the quarantine, uh, you know, snowbirds that came back, people who went to the wedding and heard and still went around because they think they're invincible. It's not nice. Well, really you know, not nice. You know, Fanny, there were, there were uh, five weddings in the last week or so. Uh, after the, uh, after the uh, massive outbreak, there were five weddings. Uh, that I know of. Uh, probably a couple more, but uh, I know of five. Um, and uh, I, I said, uh, you know, starting last Sunday, five weddings since uh, a week ago Sunday, right? So all, yeah. all week last week, I know of five weddings. Um, in the Jewish community. I don't know about what happened outside of the Jewish community. I can tell you about the <laughs> So, so uh, the five weddings, um, I asked the same question for each and every one of the weddings, and I spoke to people who who were in charge of uh, the banquet halls or the catering or whatever else. And I asked them the same question. I said to them, why are we doing, why are you doing a wedding? Why, why is there a wedding happening when people are being locked down, when people are being put into isolation? Why, why would we be gathering? Why would anybody be gathering hundreds of people together in a room? I mean, it seems, it seems counterproductive when you're trying to cut the stem and, cut the, and, and, and break the curve of the, uh, of, the, of, the, of the spread of the virus. Exactly. And, um, and, uh, I got no answers. I got, you know, I, I guess money talks and everyone else walks, right? I mean, that's, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. But it's a hello, Hashem. I, I, was at, um, I was at one of the, I was at two, of, two weddings last week. I, I was, I was uh, present at two weddings last week. And uh, the first wedding, uh, I mean, I, I stayed far away from the people who were, who were actually partying. I wasn't part of the party. Uh, and um, the, um, the first wedding I was at had 250 people. And that was the minimum. That was the maximum you were allowed to have at a wedding at the time, or a maximum gathering. They had 250 people, and uh, the wedding people, the people who uh, who organized the wedding, the family, uh, gave out um, gave out hand sanitizers to all the guests <laughs> and white gloves. So the guests were asked to wear white gloves and hands and sanitize their hands, and then put on white gloves. 
So they were wearing white gloves, and they and you know, it would look really weird. I mean, it was kind of strange. But uh, they gave it little jars of hand sanitizer to everybody. Wow. The second wedding I was at, uh, they had already dropped the uh, maximum gathering point to um, 250 people. Okay. 50, and how many were invited to the wedding? So the wedding was originally supposed to be for 375 people. <coughs> oh, my God. And they cut it down to 50 people. All right? And uh, the banquet hall that the wedding was held at, I'm not going to say where it was because these people don't deserve to be harassed, and that's what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. But the banquet hall that the wedding happened at uh, hired two security guards to cover the doors to make sure, and they had a counter, and they were making sure they only allowed 50 people into the, into the building. So the entire building was massive, massive building. only had 50 people, right? Yeah. The people who organized the wedding, the families that organized the wedding, were trying to sneak in people through the back door. Uh-huh. Okay, so they were running to doors that security wasn't standing at, and they were opening the doors and telling people on their cell phones to run around the building, through the back of the building, into the side office, into the, uh, and, and to the parking lot, and all over the building, wherever there were doors, they were running and opening doors from the inside to allow people into the building. Were these religious people, Howie? These were uh, not particularly religious people. They weren't specifically religious people. They were just people. Okay. It doesn't matter if they're religious or not. Who cares? Religious people are supposed to know better because, again, it's in a level Well, who cares if they're religious or not? Religiosity has nothing to do with common sense. (laughs) So, um, the police came. Somebody called the police. The police came. And when the police came, there were 110 people or 120 people in the room. And the police said, whoa, 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 it's only supposed to be 50 people. So suddenly everybody scattered and people ran out of the building and the, uh, and the building was cut down and the, the thing was cut down to, um, to 50 people, okay? 49 people, 48 people. And the police counted and they said, okay, now we're at 48 people. You can continue your party. And they left. They came four times, the police, and then they shut down the party. So this is what was happening. Uh, you, know, you know, when people abuse... Like, come on, if you agreed to have the party and agreed to have 50 people at the party, don't sneak people in. Don't try to get around the system. The system is there to protect you. And this is the problem. This is the, uh, this is the major problem is that people aren't respecting the guidelines that the government has handed down. And, and that's, where we, that's, where, that, where, that's where the problem lies, Fanny. You know, I heard you speaking about our premiere before, and I got to agree with you. Seeing him on TV... Seeing how cool, calm, and collected he is, he really shows confidence. I mean, Doug Ford gets up there from Ontario, and I'm like, holy shit, this guy is scared. His staff is scared, and looks like somebody's going to die, a lot of people. But our premier gets on, and he's really finally a leader. You know, I don't even believe Justin anymore, and I'm sorry. But Trump came way too late to this party. Uh, I don't agree with you. Uh, Trump started this, uh, this, this started his, his response to the coronavirus in January, January 15th, I think, or January 13th, to be exact, when uh, he made an announcement, he made an announcement in January 13th, uh, that uh, he was blocking travel from China to the United States. Now, I, don't remember, I don't know if you remember this, but the Democrats went crazy and called him a racist. But uh, he, he did it because uh, the coronavirus was getting out of hand already in Wuhan. And he wanted to stem the, uh, the spread of the virus into the United States. Plus, and there, there, were, there were five or ten more things he did over the course of January and February 
to try to stem the virus before he started quarantining people. So uh, Yeah, and there were a few things he said in the last couple okay. of weeks that okay. made okay, me, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, you can go to work. It's okay. You'll get better. Okay, so let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Concrete actions compared to speech. Okay, now I understand he's the president and his words mean something, but concrete actions compared to speech. So if he took concrete actions to try to stop the virus, but he said stupid stuff, which he tends to do, uh, which, which, one's, which, one, which one weighs more? I think the concrete Howie, actions weighs more. I just want this to end. I want the world I to I want get- it to end too. But unfortunately, we're living in a time right now where if everybody just stayed home for two weeks and didn't go out and didn't touch other people and touch other things, uh, Howie, this I would agree. probably disappear. Been quarantined for more uh, self uh, self isolated for more than a week. I think I'm going on uh, seven, eight, nine, ten days now already. And when my son first texted me and said, "You know what? You have got to self isolate you and my you and Daddy," and I'm like, "What?" I said, "Look, I'm being careful. I'm not going here. I'm not hugging. I'm not kissing my friends. Blah blah blah. Not not two cheeks. Not one cheek." And he's like, "No, you can't leave the house." And then I started to watch the news. That's when like everything broke. And I said, "You know what? I'm not going anywhere." You know, the, and that's stopped. You know, the news, the news, uh, the news organizations have not been um, have not been very good either. They've been uh, well, they've been good and they've been bad. Because so, their, their business is fear-mongering. That's, that's what they're there for. The more fear-mongering they do, the more listeners, the more the viewers, and the more newspapers they sell. Let's be honest. Well, Howie, be careful. You're Still, one of them. I don't fear-monger. Have I fear-mongered at all on this show, ever? No, I don't think so. I, I, don't, I don't believe in fear-mongering. I, I, I tell the truth. I try to keep it straight and try to tell the truth. I don't, I don't fear-monger. In fact, even on my Facebook, if you take a look at my Facebook, it's totally public. You can take a look at all of it. If you take a look at my Facebook, you'll see there's no fear-mongering articles on my Facebook either. True. You just tell it like it is, whether people like it or not. That's right, and that's what I try to do. I mean, uh, when call I... Call people out when they need to be called out. When I, when I hear about uh, old-age homes not, um, not uh, living by the standards set by the government and putting their people in danger, I'll call them out. When I hear about... Uh, banquet, yes, you did, didn't you? I did. And when I hear about banquet halls... Um, uh, you know, putting on weddings or restaurants like Chops, putting on a wedding after every other banquet hall in the city closed down and they put on a wedding for 55 people. Well, that was five more than they should have. On, or are we at 10 now? On, well, we're more at 20. On, on Thursday, they put on a wedding when the banquet hall that was supposed to host the wedding said, hey, look, we can't do it because the government changed the regulations. And there's no way we could host your wedding. Plus, we don't want to put people at jeopardy. So why don't you just why don't you just have the uh, have the marriage ceremony, get married, and have the party later? Exactly. And the guy said, "No, no, no, no! I got to get married, and I got to have a party, party!" And they went, and they convinced the guy at Chops Restaurant on Queen Mary Road in Montreal. But you're not naming names. No, I, I will name names because uh, it's wrong. And he held the wedding in his uh, banquet hall. Wow. On Thursday night, when everybody else was being quarantined. When everybody else was being quarantined, this guy held a wedding. That is irresponsible. And that is what I'm talking about. When I was talking about you know, selfish people doing things just for themselves, that is what I'm talking about. I don't care hey, how much the people I are yelling. Get a phone to Vegas for 50 bucks round trip. Yeah. Got married and come back and quarantined. That's it, you know. 
You're on your honeymoon anyway, so spend two weeks in the house, and then maybe they'll get divorced at the end. Who knows? <laughs> so but what happens if one of those 50 people that went to Chops on Thursday night to have that wedding, what if one of those 50 people come down with this virus, or all 50 come down with this virus? And what if one of the elderly people or somebody with underlying medical conditions gets extremely ill, Hasvakalila? Yeah, what happens then? You know, was it worth I it? Was it worth the marriage? For, I used to work for a firm rabbi, and he would not take any chances with anybody's life. If the weather was bad, no, you don't come. It's canceled. It's done. He said, "Kasvachalila, somebody, something should happen to someone because of me." He said, "No." Didn't take. Never took a chance because he cared more about a person's life than than anything else. And that's exactly what all the rabbis have been saying this week. They're saying, we, we, canceled, we canceled prayers. We canceled all classes. We canceled everything in our synagogues. We closed our synagogues down. Priests have been saying the same thing. We closed the churches down because we want to protect you. We don't want you to get sick. Because one life is worth the world. You know what, Howie? Before they closed all the synagogues, not this Shabbat, but the one before, I told my husband, don't go to shul. But you know the one before? And I'm so happy syna- you, you know, because I'm sure that there were people at our synagogue who had been at one of those weddings. But your synagogue should have been closed that Shabbat, too. Because, of course it because have, all the other synagogues been. in town closed down except for five. Five synagogues decided, no, we're going to just stay open. I am so happy I wouldn't let my husband go to shul. I said, no, you don't go. You stay home now. Yeah. I, I mean, sure. sure, if you're over 60, why, where are you going? Why are you going? Why are you putting your life in danger? It's crazy. What I couldn't believe was I read somewhere that one of the rabbis said, please don't gather in our parking lots to have a minion. I mean, are people messed up or what? They are. It's a Hillel Hashem. You don't have to. You're exempt. You know, the uh, chief rabbi of Montreal put out a, um, put out a, 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 an edict last week, at the end of last week. It took him yeah. too long. I think it took him too long, too. It should have been done a week before. But of course. At the end of last week, he put out an edict saying, hey, listen, hey, listen, uh, no minyanim, no one should gather to pray at all, at all, at all, at all in groups. Pray by yourself. And, uh, you know, but why, why does it take the edict of the chief rabbi to come out and say this for people to use common sense? Hey, look, there's a pandemic going on. It's being spread by people standing too close to each other, spitting on each other, talking to each other, touching each other, whatever. And, and we're being ordered to stay away from each other. So why does it take a, a rabbi to come out and say, oh, you, well, you shouldn't gather in groups before people realize, uh, well, you know, if this is the way it's spreading, maybe we shouldn't be doing this, and it won't spread. I mean, it's not rocket science, Fanny. I mean, we're not talking about, we're not talking about, we're not talking about complicated mathematical equations here. Yep. Well, Lori, you know what, uh, Lori, Howie, for me it means that uh, I'm only going to have one, possibly two, ch- two children out of four, all four that were supposed to come, and a daughter-in-law and three grandchildren that won't be here. I mean, two of my kids and their families for sure will not be here. And that, for me, is sad because I was really looking forward to all of them coming. But, you know, there will, there will, there will be other holidays, and there will be uh, there'll be other Pesachs. Yeah, thank God we're healthy. And if we stay healthy, there'll be other holidays and other Pesachs. But the only way to stay healthy is to not spread the stupid virus. 
Yeah, but you know what's funny in all this? They're saying only essential things can stay open. Supermarkets, pharmacies, and the SAQ. <laughs> yeah, the, the Liquor Commission. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm very happy about that. My they only do. problem they don't deliver. I know, I know. I have to go out to the SAQ tomorrow. I, um, I need to buy wine for Pesach. I, yeah, I know. We don't have any either. We, we have vodka, but we don't have wine. Yeah, so I have to go and buy some wine uh, tomorrow. Uh, they open at noon, so I have to go at the afternoon to buy wine. I, I, Why do they only open at noon tomorrow? Because of the they closed down the store today to store all their stores today to to uh, to sanitize them to clean them up. Ah, okay, okay. So they're only a lot of at stores noon are doing that. You know, the Coast Saint Louis Bagel Shop also is going to be closed and reopening on uh, was closed today, reopening on Wednesday. Yeah, because they got to clean it up. and They got to make sure that they don't infect people. Yeah, exactly. I um. Uh, I was out today most of the day uh, doing some Pesach shopping because, you know, we are 17 days away from Passover. And uh, I was out today doing some Passover shopping, and I came, uh, I, I happened to drive by Costco. And there was a lineup, of maybe it had to be at least two-hour line outside of Costco. Which Costco? At uh, Marche Central. So there were at least two-hour uh, two line outside of Costco today. Shit. And then I went to, um, I went to Walmart. And at Walmart, uh, everybody was so careful about staying, you know, the distance away from each other. It was amazing. And, and, and you know, it, it gave me back some faith in humanity. At Costco, there were, there were Costco employees trying to, trying to force people to get away from each other, right? Like, oh, you know, you got to be too in. <laughs> right? And I walked into Walmart and everybody was walking and like they were, they had a carriage lens between them. It was, Very nice. It was, it was really nice to see that. And they, say lower, and they say lower income people shop at Walmart than do at Costco, so who knows? I don't know. I shop at both, and uh, I'm happy. I'm grateful that both of them exist. But, um, but uh, you know, I, I, I found most of what I needed at Walmart. I went to, uh, I went to some of the other stores, too. Uh, they weren't very crowded. Not a lot of people are out, which is good, because people should be staying home as much as possible. So the only store that was crowded was Costco. Uh, out of the stores, out of the four stores I went to today, uh, Costco had the largest crowd. Yeah, I didn't get. Uh, into, I didn't go into Costco. I, I didn't want to stand in line, so I didn't go into. Uh, oh, kidding! Yeah, but uh, they were only letting in a certain amount of people anyway into the store. So. Oh, that's what's. Yeah, they can't let in more than ten people, right? Yeah, uh, it's true. They, they can't. Uh, Walmart was letting everybody into the store. And uh, I just got a question. Why are large stores still open? Walmart, why? Uh, the reason they're still open is because uh, essential services, they're called. Uh, so these, yeah. stores, these stores are grocery stores. And it's any store that sells groceries, they're allowed to stay open. So Walmart, yeah. Walmart is the largest grocery seller in North America. And uh, at least half of their store, at least the store I was in, at least half the store is grocery. So uh, they're allowed to stay open. Otherwise, yeah, the stores. Otherwise, they'd be shut down. Yeah, plus they have other essential things that you're going to need anyways. You know, cleaning supplies and whatnot. And hey, they had toilet paper. They had rows wow. and rows and rows of toilet paper. It was the first time I'd seen toilet paper in the store in months. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're good for another week or so, but uh, maybe two weeks. Yeah. So I but, you know, we're not hoarding and... Uh, I mean, we have enough of everything. I don't know if we'll last a month with everything we have. But you know what? I bought food. I, I went out and spent hundreds and hundreds of dollars. 
$400 on food, and I forgot, like, extra toothpaste and hand soap and, you know, other things. You know what what really made me uh, scratch my head a little bit about this pandemic? Uh, People who who ran out and bought loads and loads of toilet paper, 800, 900 rolls of toilet paper, but there was a mad rush on toilet paper for some reason for respiratory illness, but there was no mad rush on soap, and that is the key to stopping this illness. Exactly. Well, now there is none. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, by the time I was, I went out shopping. There was no. There was still a little hand soap, um, but there was no hand sanitizer or wipes. Right. Uh, wipes were all gone. Yeah, they, those went first, and uh, when they replaced them, they, they they've jacked the price to a to a crazy amount. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no Purell, which is fine. I hate that stuff anyways. And if I'm staying at home, what do I really need it for? I have gloves to go out with. Um, I have disposable gloves. I have, uh, and I have soap at home. And worst case scenario, you know, I'm a dishwasher. So I have a huge thing from Costco of dishwashing soap, which I can use to wash my hands too. The whole world knows you're a dishwasher, Fanny. That's right, washing dishes with Fanny. And I got to tell you, I haven't done my show, Howie. I just haven't had, I just can't, you know. I just don't feel like talking about it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I do these shows. Uh, a lot of people email me over the week and, or text me or message me over the week asking me, are you doing a show on Sunday? And uh, I did three shows this week, and I'll probably do three shows this coming week too. Uh, just because people need to talk. We need to talk yeah. about it. And, you know, we're all sitting at home, we're all going a little stir-crazy, and we need to talk it out. And simple as that. And well, we should do a show together, Howie. Sure, whenever you want. A simulcast. I'll wash dishes and... Uh... <laughs> and I could sit here in my studio looking at you, watching you wash dishes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I really like, you know, that the kids are, are and I'm doing it also, we're having, um, you know, video chats. I'm having coffee with friends in the morning, like two or three friends at once. We're having coffee together. And you didn't do this before the pandemic? Not on video. No, we'd actually go out and meet each other and have coffee or breakfast. It makes more sense, yeah. Yeah, so now we can't go out, so we're still doing it. We're just doing it on video chat. It's a little different, isn't it, than being in person? Well, yeah, of course it is. It's cheaper this way. Yeah, for sure. But, um, yeah, it's different. But you know what? It's nice to do. And, you know, the, the same people who show up late to the restaurant show up late to the video chat. Of so it's kind of fun. Uh, tell me, uh, Fanny, why do you think that people whose kids are home from school are complaining so much? I don't know if you've seen this on Facebook, but so many because complaints. But not everybody has patience to spend... 24 hours a day with their kids and to keep them entertained. You know, it's a lot of work. I see what my son and daughter-in-law are doing, and they're preparing activities, and, you know, they're both working from home, and they're trying to get the kids' homework done, and they're trying to have, you know, they, they made a schedule. Okay. And it's helping. Plus, uh, you know, they have a little patience. But some people, you know what, Howie, I, I understand them. It's sometimes it's just too much. Well, wait you a know, second, Howie, wait a second. Wait a second. If you're going to take you have a child, so maybe you don't realize. 
But if you spend 24 hours a day, and depending on how many children you have, and you know as a teacher some kids are more difficult than others, think of your most difficult child in one of your classrooms and think about being with like two or three kids like him for 24 hours for a week. You had kids. And if I know, kids, and I know how bad they it can is your, be. <laughs> it, if, when you have kids, it's your responsibility to take care of them. If yes, you, it is. If you don't yes. like your kids, then you shouldn't have had them. If you don't like yes, kids, then but you shouldn't Howie, have had them. Yes, but sometimes people are just venting. And I really think that uh, what I can't stand is when a parent says, I give up on my kid. Uh, that's, that's, for me, that's the line I draw in the sand. I hear that, and it's like, what the? You brought this kid into the world, you take care of him. Exactly. You yeah. want to bitch about it? Fine. You want to vent? Fine. But you take care of this kid, and you make sure he gets everything he needs. So during a pandemic, you got to meet his needs 24-7. There's no relief. There's no respite from your child. And not everybody has great tolerance, and not everybody's Mary Poppins. You know, Mother of the Year, Shirley Partridge, that, whoever you want to choose. That is true. I'm not quite as old as you are, but uh, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so I would cut them just a teeny tiny bit of slack. Or, you know what, we'll send your three nieces and nephews over and you take care of them for a week. And then we'll talk. We'll, we'll, we'll have this conversation again. Look, I... Um uh, I spend a lot of time with kids during the week. Uh, <laughs> it's my job to spend a lot of time with kids during the week. I understand how bad kids could be. And uh, I understand how bad groups of kids could be. But, uh, but you know, if I had kids, uh, I don't have kids, but if I had kids, I, um, I, I, I wouldn't be complaining if they were home. Uh, I'm just saying I would, I would be, I'd be, hey, happy. I'd be happy to spend time with my kids. People to these poor parents who might be working from home or may have been laid off. They're worried about how to pay their rent, their mortgage. And I'm not. I was laid <laughs> off. I'm not. Of course I am. I have a credit card bill due in a few days that I have no money to pay. Exactly. Uh, so think about if you've got your kids. Yeah. The kids are driving you crazy and you've got to figure out how to pay your bills or your mortgage or you don't know if you're going to get your job back when this is all over or how long this is going to last. And do you have enough money to make it through? And how are you going to feed your kids, your wife and kids? What if your wife's pregnant with her eighth kid? I mean, these are really stressful times, Howie. I think you need to cut. Some, we shouldn't judge. Let's cut some people some slack. I'm just saying, if you have kids and uh, your kids are home, you should be happy to be spending time with your kids. That's all I'm saying. A hundred percent, but you know what? It's it's not easy. It's not always easy. That's all I'm saying. We shouldn't judge. Life itself is not easy, Fanny. Life is not easy. Oh, it's not. Can you imagine? Oh, my God. You know what? I, I wonder if the Moshiach's coming. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, there was, a rab- there was a rabbi in Israel who said he's having uh, regular talks with Moshiach, so I don't know. We'll see if, he, uh, if he's fruitful. I'm sorry I laughed out loud. <laughs> I, I would be laughing about it all week. I believe that, but a rabbi in Israel is saying that he's, uh, what kind of rabbi is this, Howie? I don't know, I don't know. I, I think I'm pretty senile one, but that's that's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope I just, you know, let, tell your audience that 
I hope they're getting out and they're getting fresh air. And uh, people are, you know, there's really nice street etiquette. Everybody's, you know, don't run into a lot of people out there, but there are people, everybody, you know, you know, total social distancing. It's really nice. Yes. And the days are sunny, so I suggest wrap yourselves up and go out. It's beautiful. You need the fresh air. Fanny, thank you so much for calling in. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Have a great night, Howie. Good night, Montreal. Bye. Bye. Uh, you can call in too. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two is the number to call. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. All right. So let's take a look uh, at a couple of question and answers about coronavirus, so that we can understand uh, what this what we're talking about here. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, we hear the word coronavirus. Oh, my God, coronavirus. And we, we hear COVID-19. Oh, my God, COVID-19. But nobody really, uh, nobody I've spoken to could actually tell me what it is and, you know, explain it to me. So let's let's talk about that. So according to the World Health Organization, uh, who is continuously monitoring and responding to this uh, outbreak of COVID-19, uh, they, they, they released a question and answer, uh, a question and answer thing. So I would like to um, I'd like to share some of that with you. So the first question is, what is coronavirus? Coronavirus are a large family of viruses. So it's not one virus; it's a large family of viruses, which may cause illness in animals or in humans. In humans, several coronaviruses are known to cause respiratory infections, ranging from the common cold to more severe diseases such as Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, that's MERS, and Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, which is SARS. We all remember the SARS outbreak a few years ago. Uh, the most recently discovered coronavirus causes coronavirus disease, COVID-19. So what is COVID-19? COVID-19 is the infectious disease caused by the most recently discovered coronavirus. This new virus was, uh, and disease were unknown before the outbreak began in Wuhan, China in December of 2019. So this has been going on for a while already. What are the symptoms? So if you have some of these symptoms, you might want to... Uh, Get yourself checked. You might want to uh, call. You might want to call uh, medical authorities. Don't go to the hospitals, but call and uh, and see if you qualify for uh, testing for COVID nineteen. And the most common symptoms of COVID nineteen are fever, tiredness, and dry cough. Some patients may have aches and pains, nasal congestion, runny nose, sore throat, or diarrhea. These symptoms are usually mild and begin gradually. Some people become infected but don't develop any symptoms and don't feel unwell. Most people, let's, let's be clear about this so everybody understands this, because this, really this is really an important, important point. Most people, about 80%, recover from the disease without needing special treatment. Around one out of every six people who get COVID-19 becomes seriously ill and develops difficulty breathing. Older people and those with underlying medical problems like high blood pressure, heart problems, or diabetes are more likely to develop the serious illness. People with fever, cough, and difficulty breathing should seek medical attention. So how does COVID-19 spread? People can catch COVID-19 from others who have the virus. The disease spreads from person to person through small droplets from the nose or mouth, which are spread when a person with COVID-19 coughs or inhales, exhales. These droplets land on objects and surfaces around the person. Other people then catch COVID-19 by touching these objects or surfaces, then touching their eyes, nose, or mouth. People can also catch COVID-19 if they breathe in droplets from a person with COVID-19 who coughs out or exhales droplets. This is why it's important to stay more than one meter, which is three feet, 
away from a person who is sick. The World Health Organization, who's assessing ongoing research on the ways COVID-19 is spread, will continue to share updates. So this uh, who.int is a great website to go and visit if you want updates on COVID-19. Can the virus that causes COVID-19 be transmitted through the air? So people wearing those masks, do the masks help? Studies to date suggest that the virus that causes COVID-19 is mainly transmitted through contact with respiratory droplets rather than through the air. So, um, can COVID-19 be spread from a person who has no symptoms? The main way the disease spreads is through respiratory droplets expelled by someone who is coughing. The risk of catching COVID-19 from someone with no symptoms at all is very low. However, many people with COVID-19 experience only mild symptoms. This is particularly true at the early stages of the disease. It is therefore possible to catch COVID-19 from someone who has, for example, just had a mild cough and does not feel ill, who is assessing ongoing research on the, uh, the WHO is assessing ongoing research on the period of transmission of COVID-19, and will share the findings when they get there. The risk of catching COVID-19 from the feces of an infected person appears to be low. Now, how that's, um, how that's relevant is beyond me, but anyway. While the initial investigations suggest that the virus may be present in feces, in some cases spread through this route is not a main feature of the outbreak. The WHO is assessing ongoing research and will let you know. Uh, what can I do to protect myself and prevent the spread of disease? Okay, so this is the most, this is very, very important. Protection measures for everyone. Stay aware of the latest information on the COVID-19 outbreak available on the WHO website and through your national and public health authority. Many countries around the world have seen cases of COVID-19 and several have seen outbreaks. Authorities in China and some countries have succeeded in slowing or stopping their outbreaks. However, the situation is unpredictable, so check regularly for the latest news. You can reduce your chances of being infected or spreading COVID-19 by taking some simple precautions. Regularly and thoroughly clean your hands with alcohol-based hand rub or wash them with soap and water. Why? Washing your hands with soap and water or using alcohol-based hand rub kills viruses that may be on your hands. Maintain at least one meter, which is three feet, distance between yourself and anyone who is coughing or sneezing. Why? When someone coughs or sneezes, they spray small liquid droplets from their nose or mouth, which may contain the virus. If you are too close, you can breathe in the droplets, including the COVID-19 virus, if the person coughing has the disease. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Why? Hands can transfer the virus to your eyes, nose, or mouth. From there, the virus can enter your body and make you sick. Make sure you and the people around you follow good respiratory hygiene. This means covering your mouth and nose with bent elbow or tissue when you cough or sneeze. Then dispose of the used tissue immediately. Why? Droplet spread virus. By following good respiratory hygiene, you protect the people around you from virus such as cold, flu, and COVID-19. Stay home if you feel unwell. If you have a fever, cough, and difficulty breathing, seek medical attention and call in advance. Follow the directions of your local health authority. Why? National and local authorities will have the most up-to-date information on the situation in your area. Calling in advance will allow your health care provider to quickly direct you to the right health care facility. This will also protect you 
and help prevent the spread of the virus and other infections. Keep up to date on the latest COVID-19 hotspots, cities and local areas where COVID-19 is spreading wildly. If possible, avoid traveling to places, especially if you're an older person or have diabetes, lung, or heart disease. Why? You have a higher chance of catching COVID-19 in one of those areas. Protection measures for people who are, having, who are in or have recently visited in the past 14 er- days, area where COVID-19 is spreading. Follow the guidance outlined above, the stuff I just said. Uh, self-isolate by staying home if you begin to feel unwell, even with mild symptoms such as headache. Low-grade fever, 37.3 Celsius or above, and slight runny nose until you recover. It is essential for you, if it is essential for you to have someone bring you supplies or go out to buy food, then wear a mask to avoid infecting other people. Why? Avoiding contact with others and visits to medical facilities will allow these facilities to operate more effectively and help protect you and others from possible COVID-19 and other viruses. If you develop fever, cough, and difficulties breathing, seek medical advice promptly, as this may be due to respiratory infection or other serious conditions. Call in advance and tell your provider of any other recent travel or contact with travelers. Why calling in advance will allow your healthcare provider to quickly direct you to the right healthcare facility and will also help prevent the spread of the COVID-19 and other viruses. And I just want to point out, it's not on the uh, WHO site, but I just want to point out that the, uh, the Quebec government has, uh, has asked everybody, whether you feel well or you don't feel well, to stay home as much as possible. If you have to go out to buy supplies, uh, you're being advised to do it online. If you can't do it online, then make a quick dart into the store and dart out of the store. Most stores have uh, signs up. I was in a lot of stores today. Most stores have signs up saying, uh, just buy your stuff and get out. Don't linger. Stay three meters or uh, three feet or uh, two meters away from people. And, um, and uh, God willing, you'll be okay. How likely am I to get COVID-19, according to the World Health Organization? The risk depends on where you are and, more specifically, whether there is a COVID-19 outbreak unfolding there. For most people in most locations, the risk of catching COVID-19 is still low. However, there are now places around the world, cities, areas where the disease is spreading. For people living in or visiting these areas, risk of catching COVID-19 is higher. Governments and health authorities are taking vigorous actions every time a new case of COVID-19 is identified. Be sure to comply with any local restrictions on travel movements or large gatherings. Cooperating with disease control efforts will reduce your risk of catching or spreading COVID-19. If the government tells you to stay home, stay home. COVID-19 outbreaks can be contained and transmission stopped, as has been shown in China and some other countries. Unfortunately, new outbreaks can emerge rapidly. It's important to be aware of the situation where you are or where you intend to go and... Act accordingly. If the government tells you, don't go out, stay home. The government tells you to self-isolate, self-isolate. You don't know better than the government. Should I worry about COVID-19? Illness due to COVID-19 infection is generally mild, especially for children and young adults. However, it can cause serious illness. About one in every five people who catch it need hospital care. It is therefore quite normal for people to worry about how the COVID-19 outbreak will affect them and their loved ones. We can channel our concerns into actions to protect ourselves, our loved ones, and our communities. First and foremost among those actions is regular and thorough hand washing and good respiratory hygiene. Secondly, 
Keep informed and follow the advice of local health authorities, including any restrictions put in place on travel, movement, and gatherings. Who is at risk of developing severe illness? While we are still learning about how COVID-2019 affects people, other per- older persons and persons with pre-existing medical conditions, such as high blood pressure, heart disease, lung disease, cancer, or diabetes, appear to develop serious illness more than others. Are antibiotics effective? No. Antibiotics do not work against viruses. They only work on bacterial infections. COVID-19 is caused by a virus, so antibiotics do not work. Antibiotics should not be used as a means of prevention of treatment of COVID-19. They should only be used as directed by physician to treat bacterial infection. So don't self-medicate. Are there medicines or therapies that can cure COVID-19? While some Western traditional home remedies may provide comfort and alleviate symptoms of COVID-19, there is no evidence that current medicine can prevent or cure the disease. The World Health Organization does not recommend self-medication with any medicines, including antibiotics, as a prevention or cure for COVID-19. However, there are several ongoing clinical trials that include both Western and traditional medicines. So we'll hear more about those when they, uh, when they have results. There is, to date, no vaccine and no specific antiviral medicine to prevent or treat COVID-2019. However, those affected should receive care to relieve symptoms. People with serious illness should be hospitalized. Most people recover thanks to supportive care. Possible vaccines and some specific drug treatments are under investigation. They are being tested through clinical trials. The World Health Organization is coordinating efforts to develop vaccines and medicines to prevent and treat COVID-19. The most effective ways to protect yourself and others against COVID-19 are to frequently clean your hands, cover your mouth with the bend of your elbow or tissue, and maintain a distance of three feet or one meter from people who are coughing or sneezing, and to stay home when people tell you to stay home. The virus that causes COVID-19 and the one that caused the outbreak of severe acute respiratory syndrome, which is SARS in 2003, are related to each other genetically, Uh, but diseases they cause are quite different. SARS was more deadly, but much less infectious than COVID-19. There have been no outbreaks of SARS anywhere in the world since 2013. Should I wear a mask to protect myself? Only wear a mask if you are ill with COVID-19 symptoms, especially coughing or looking after someone who may have COVID-19. Disposable face masks can only be used once. If you are not ill or looking after someone who is ill, then you are wasting a mask. There is a worldwide shortage of masks. So the the WHO, the World Health Organization, urges people to use masks wisely. The World Health Organization advises rational rational use of medical masks to avoid unnecessary wastage of precious resources and misuse of masks. The most effective way to protect yourself and others against COVID-19 are to frequently clean your hands, cover your cough, with a bent elbow or tissue, and maintain a distance of at least one meter, three feet, from people who are coughing or sneezing. Simple as that. So those people running around with masks on, they don't do anything. They're wasting masks. How long is the incubation period of COVID-19? The incubation period means the time between catching the virus and become and beginning to have symptoms of the disease. Most estimates of the incubation period for COVID-19 range from 1 to 14 days most commonly around five days. These estimates will be updated 
as data becomes more available. Animals cannot give you COVID-19. Now, how long does the virus uh, survive on the surfaces? Now, it's not certain how long viruses can ca- that cause COVID-19 survive on surfaces, but it seems to behave like other coronaviruses. Studies suggest that coronavirus, including preliminary information on COVID-19 virus, may persist on surfaces for a few hours up to several days. This may vary under different conditions, type of surface, temperature, or humidity of the environment. If you think a surface may be infected, clean it with a simple disinfectant to kill the virus and protect yourself and others. Clean your hands with an alcohol-based hand wipe or wash them with soap and water. Don't touch your eyes or nose or mouth before you wash them. Is there anything I should not do? The following measures are not effective against COVID-2019 and can be harmful. Smoking. Wearing multiple masks. Taking antibiotics. In any case, if you have a fever, cough, and difficulty breathing, seek medical care early to reduce the risk of developing a more severe infection. And be sure to share your recent travel history with your medical care provider. And uh, that's all the information we have on COVID-19. So, essentially what they're saying is, calm down. Your chances of getting it are, 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 not, are not really all that great. Be careful when you're around sick people. Don't spread the virus, so stay home. The government tells you to stay home, stay home. Don't wear a mask if you don't have a cough. There's no reason for you to be wearing a mask. It's not going to protect you from getting the virus because getting the virus you get from touching things. So you're just wasting masks and there's a shortage on masks, so don't waste the masks. And you can just calm down. Put yourself into quarantine. If you feel that you have the virus, call your medical professional if you think that you are sick. Simple. The mass panic and the rational the irrational buying and the and the uh, and the irrational shunning of of everything and everyone is not necessary. I'm Howie Soberger. This has been the Howie Soberger show. We're gonna we're gonna end it here. I wanna thank you for joining me. We'll be back on I, I think maybe tomorrow night, we'll see. Uh, we'll be back on. Uh, just keep your eye on the uh, on on wherever you found the show. Keep your eye on that page, and uh, next time we're on, we will come back on on live on that page again. Uh, I want to thank you for tuning in. There were a lot of people who watched today. I appreciate it, and uh, I will see you again. Uh, I'll see you again the next time we uh, we do the show, which I think might be tomorrow. Maybe uh, maybe uh, maybe in two days. We'll see. Um, but we will be back. We will be back soon. And, uh, uh, and of course we are live. So when we are back, you could, uh, you could call in. The number to call is, uh, 1-877-669-1292. Uh, by the way, if we're off the air and you have, uh, questions or you have comments about the show, you could call the number and, and select option two. And option two, you can leave me a message, and uh, I will check the messages, and I will address whatever comments and uh, and whatever you want to talk about uh, on the show the next time. So thank you so much for joining me, and we will see you again next time right here on the Howie Silberger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Don't forget to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Howie's. 
Don't forget to download the app. Search for the True Talk Radio Network app on your favorite app store. And don't forget to like us on Facebook. Go to Howie Silberger Show on Facebook and click like. Until, uh, until we meet again, stay safe. Don't freak out. Stay safe. Be smart. Listen to the authorities. Stay home as much as possible. Don't spread the disease unnecessarily. And, um, and let's, let's hope and pray that this ends as quickly as possible. Until next time, have a great one.